My hair is so long. Sorry, I just realized that in the camera. <laughs> it is so long. I was like, you look okay. amazing. I showered. Thank you. I shower <gasps> in the week. Showers are good. <laughs> Well, Showers. I, should say, I should say it's my hair wash day. That's probably the better yeah. way to put it. I knew what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, it's my hair wash day. Showers, I swear, people. I swear. Sometimes. There's a whole day for that. Some people have a whole day. I have a day. Oh, no. Like, this is like, like, Tyler came out and he was like, you're kind of agitated. Like, do you want to go shower? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so I went I and did my like, hair wash. The whole, like, wash, exfoliate every part of my body, and it's it's freezing now, like, in Idaho. I'm sure it's probably cold yeah. in Utah, too. And so, yeah. like, I was reading, and I was like, why are my legs so cold? It's because I shaved my legs. It's like, oh, that's why. We're just gonna have to be blanketed up. That's why. Um. Oh. I okay. Should we get started? Hello, pod people. Obviously, it's been Spend a little funky. Over here at um, Like a Good Girl podcast. And for a few reasons, Andy and I have both had like our own bouts of sickness. We ran a half marathon. We had like some family and friend things happening that like took emotional tolls on us. Also, um, Sarah, just as much as we adore her, we got like really seriously burnt out of reading Sarah J Mass books and um harder when it's a reread yes and especially when like we are rereading it to then turn around and talk about it for two hours so like it feels like I'm rereading it three times because I'm having to sit here and listen to Andy tell me everything that happened and vice versa so like it feels like we've just and also we're reading them but also listening to them like the graphic audios so it's just and taking notes and annotating. Yes, so it's, it's a yes. lot, and we love doing it. It's just it's gotten to a point where we talked about it. It's kind of become a chore, and so and we're that's like, not the point of this. We don't get paid no. for this. We, do we have don't fun like to love it, and for you guys, yeah, we want to keep loving it. So we were like, you know what? Similar, me and Andy are both mood readers. We do not read our TBR in order. We just find a book that like fits the vibe of what we're feeling and we go for it. Yep. So we've decided that from now on, we're going to kind of do the same thing. We will plan our like book. We will still do like book recaps. reviews like we've been doing recaps of books, but we're going to plan them around um, releases of like the next book or or like holidays or other things. So our next recap that you're here, we're going to take a break. You aren't going to hear Frost and Starlight or um, Silver Flames quite yet. We're going to mix those in to the next few months. Basically, yeah, just when we're feeling up for it and it won't yeah. be as structured. Like, we're going to be like, oh, how far did you read? Okay, well, we're going to touch on that. So Yeah, and so the episodes won't be, like, two-plus hours anymore of just us, like, recounting a book. It will actually give us time to, like, really discuss things without feeling like we have to rush and it will just be way more enjoyable for Andy and I to like mm-hmm. talk legitimately talk about these books. <laughs> so we are so excited for our next few episodes. We're freaking stoked. So today we're doing all like books that we feel like encompass October and spooky season and also Scorpio season, like just spooky dark books. It's which, Josh's season, y'all. It's coming up. It started. It's coming up. Today 
is the first day. Well, actually, technically, they changed the dates around. They Scorpio did? Scorpio season, yeah. Scorpio season now starts on, like, the 22nd. Oh, really? So it's been Scorpio season, baby. Because didn't it used to be later, like, the 26th yeah. or something? My, my dad's the 28th. Use... So. Yeah, my mom didn't used to be a Scorpio. She's today. Her birthday's today. That she checks the out, though. The 25th. That checks out, she, though. <laughs> it, yeah. Now it makes sense. But she didn't used to be, like, she didn't used to be when she was growing up or, like. Yeah. She didn't used to be Scorpio. Anyways, so we're doing that this week. Next week, you guys will be getting. Fourth um, wing recap, right? Fourth wing. We're going to do a quick little recap of fourth wing. That it's will not all be, be in... as in-depth, though. No. Like, it's going to be, be very points. loose. Yes. Yes. And just, like, main things that are, like, really pertinent that you need to know in order to then read Iron Flame. So we're mm-hmm. going to leave out all the fluffy details, all the little banter between characters, stuff that's not important. And we're mm-hmm. just going to tell you exactly what happens in the story. Super easy. And then you guys are actually, lucky you, going to get a couple episodes that week. So next week, which is October 30th to mm-hmm. November 4th, um, I guess October 29th to November 4th, Sunday to Saturday. That's when we'll record guys, it. That's when we'll record it. Yes. That week. Yeah. So that week you're, you'll, you will be hearing um, this, this episode one. that we're recording right now. Mm-hmm. And you will get the recap episode at the end of the week. That's right. And then on Monday, probably, mm-hmm. because Iron Flame comes out on Tuesday the Tuesday? 7th. Yeah. Yeah. So Monday, if not earlier, if I can get it out earlier, you guys will be getting a very special episode that we are so excited about. And we are going to be discussing with our resident fourth wing expert, our good friend, Shauna. We're going to be discussing, bleh, discussing, disgusting, disgusting, and <laughs> the um, theories that we have for the next fourth wing book. So like, we're going to be talking about like the five main theories that we've heard come from the book or questions that we've heard come from the book that we want to then discuss and -hmm. talk about and shauna has read this book like so many times a million times times. and she just has a good memory and she just remembers a lot of these things so we thought she's rereading it right now she's like it's perfect i'm rereading it right now i'm like awesome yeah bring it on an expert so she's gonna help us out with that and you guys will hear that episode. So you'll get the episode before um, Fourth Iron Flame is released. So you can listen to that and kind of like theorize yourself. But you're going to hear our thoughts and her thoughts. And so that will be really exciting. And then... Um, I don't know what we're doing we, after that. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing because we've we're, just decided that like... We, we're going to literally text each other and be like, what are you feeling based off what the do you list talk of about? ideas we have? Yeah. And if you guys have an idea for us or like whatever else hit us with it we can even do like a i think it would be fun to do once a month just like discuss all of the books we read that month i think that'd be fun and i think it'd be fun to do like every like do like people of the pods choice like do like kind of like have them pick one yeah and like honestly some people who listen to this podcast and you guys will have to let us know what you think about this some people who listen to this want more recommendations of books to read mm-hmm. and want to hear about more books. So having episodes like that where we like discuss all the books we've read that month will be awesome for people like that. 
who maybe haven't, like people who haven't read Fourth Wing yet, you might not want to listen to the recap episode because you might you haven't finished it yet. Exactly. Or like people who haven't read Akatar yet aren't going to want to listen to those episodes. So we're just going to try and include more for people who maybe haven't read the book and just want wrecks of books or want to hear us talk about books. Mm-hmm. I think it would be fun. Um, people like our ranking stuff too because I was just scrolling yes. through our messages. We pay people like ranking book tropes we like, yeah. ranking types of series, like just kind of people like our want preferences. You know? More books to read. Like that's generally – so having those types of episodes we think will be good for everybody and it's fun for us. We like recommending books. That's why we started this whole thing. And then um, – just kind of having it be like it's almost been like more of like a book discussion podcast which we wanted it to be half and half mm-hmm. book discussions and also book recommendations so it can be for everybody to listen to i think it would be fun next month to do like the books that we're the most thankful for kind of thing like december that's going to be like a literal just cry fest again yeah <laughs> december i think we'll do an episode about our favorite books of the year and our least favorite books of the year so that like people are hearing what our favorite books if they haven't read them going into the next year they can read it december will have some december and january will sporadically have some book discussion about Um, crescent city but those again will be super simple bullet point and then we're going to do like these more in-depth episodes Hopefully with our friend Rena. Rena, if you're listening, this yeah, is your that, formal she's invitation. totally game for it. So we'll probably do yeah. a couple like smaller theory episodes leading up. She to knows it. everything about Crescent City. She literally has a binder, guys, of like theories she, like, and a remembers every family. She's a family tree too. I think of all the connections in the Mossverse. <laughs> Yeah, so she's going to get on with us and we those will be our more like in-depth episodes of like what we think is going to happen in the next one. But we we assume that most people that are listening to those recaps or that are listening to the theories have, have already, already read. read. Yeah. So they don't necessarily maybe like I don't know, maybe eventually we'll do like more in-depth Crescent City, but it's just not as fun for us and we would like this to continue to be fun for us because again oh totally yeah andy and i don't get paid for this we literally do it just because we love it and not that we like are trying to get paid we literally do this because we love it we want to do it because we love it and Mm -hmm. the only way that we can continue to do it because we love it is if we talk about things that we love to talk about and have fun with it because you notice like i even noticed just skimming like our our episodes just going through stuff like when we were doing the first Akatar stuff like we were so into it all the Akamath even like beginning of Akawar and then we just got really tapped out so well, taking a break from exhausting Sarah, yeah and taking a break yeah. from Sarah will just be good and just doing some and fun with stuff, the holidays so. coming up I think that last week of November we're gonna release a like a Christmas Type books rec. episode like Hallmark-y. winter books yeah like yes you're gonna be getting a lot of hockey wrecks from me too yes so it won't just be christmas we understand that not everybody It'll be celebrates winter-y. christmas winter-esque yes some will be christmas i actually have a book that is about hanukkah <laughs> really so that we'll talk about that too yeah it's oh. like a it's like a hallmark movie but for hanukkah okay that's really cute you need to tell me what that is 
I, I'm trying to remember the name. I just I guess bought it'll just it have at to, Target. You'll just have to, oh, it's at, you got it from Target. Maybe it'll be at Costco when I go Friday. Yeah, I'll text you the name of it. It's It looked very cute when I looked at the cover. Anyways, but. That's the update of the podcast, and that's why we've been kind of MIA, and we appreciate all of you who have been checking in on yes. us and being like, are you okay? Please tell me you haven't stopped, because that made us feel really good. And Yes, it did, and it made us so. feel like you guys actually missed it because you're like noticing that we're not here but we'll get back to our regular scheduled programming and there'll still be more regular posts like with the themed posts that we've been doing daily um and once we just get in our routine again it won't be like i'm not gonna do because i manage the social media um joss will get on from time to time too and just kind of check things out but like in regards to the posts i do that joss edits everything so that's the reason why you actually can listen to the podcast um but we'll still do some fun stuff. Um, we'll work on some reels and just some engagement and just kind of keep you guys up to date with what we're doing. So, yeah, and now we like, I don't know, we're just getting ready for November and Thanksgiving and Christmas. <laughs> so this is going to be like, we're just going to have fun with it. We have kids, we have families, we have stuff going on. So we're just going to enjoy our time being your resident podcasters about books and we're just gonna do what we like to do and that's kind of the that's the vibe we're going for the premise of all of it anyways so um let's get started with how we typically get started andy my sweet love uh what book are you reading this week so i i've been reading a bunch i blew through the shadow and bone series i just finished the six of crows trilogy or not trilogy duology and i sobbed through the last like 50 pages of crooked kingdom so that was amazing i loved that whole world but now i am reading um it's also a duology it's newer so you've probably heard of one dark window which i'll talk about later today that's the one with like the tarot card stuff and then oh yes there's a it's a duology the second one just came out and um i got it and it's called two twisted crowns and it is so good I'm like, I'm only like 100 pages in, but even though it's like 10 o'clock right now, I'm probably going to go read that after we get off here. (laughs) You're like, I have to read it. I can't say no. I feel that. But what about you? What are you reading? I am reading something a little different for myself. I don't generally... Okay, so really, I I love fantasy books. That's like my number one genre. I like to read fantasy books. Um even if they don't have any romance in them at all. Mm -hmm. My second would probably be romance or or dark romance. I like books that scare me a little. Um, And (laughs) (laughs) and I just have never really, like, I've tried, like, thriller books or mystery books. I've liked some of them, but most of them just, like, I'm not, like, super intrigued by them. Same. Um, I've tried. I prefer like true crime books. I've read books about yes. real crimes and I love those. Like nonfiction books about That's the real only crimes. nonfiction I will read. That or like well, history. I'll read a self help book. I like a self help book. I've tried self help books, but I just I I can't. I don't know why. You have to be I, in the mood. Gotta be in the mood. And you gotta probably. read them. I read them like you uh, a self help book, at least for me. The only self-help book that I've ever sat down and, like, legitimately read the whole thing mm-hmm. 
is Atomic Habits. Other than that, every self-help book, it's like, I'm going to read like 10 pages a day. Okay. So one book I did read that was a self-help book that I loved was um, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Oh, yeah. I loved that one. Absolutely loved that one. But I also just love her. Like, I absolutely adore her. And so there are some I have read, but it's just like I've it's been hard. It's not one that I actually actively seek out. Yeah. I, um, anyways, so sorry, back to what I was saying. I've, I'm ADHD. all over the place. <laughs> ADHD. Um, so basically I went to this book exchange party that was a blind date with a book and you wrapped that. your book up and you just had this little thing on top where you wrote the genre of the book and like a short, like what's inside and you just like were vague so like I brought Crescent City and I put on it that it's I was trying to be really vague but I put that it's a fantasy book and I was like with a little with romance but like I feel like the storyline is not it's high fantasy is what it is yeah yeah so I said high fantasy with a um I was like it's kind of a true crime book almost like trying to figure out who's I won't ruin anything, but trying to figure out a crime. They're trying to figure out who did it. And um, I love it. I also said it was like um, all types of creatures, like fae, angels. Oh, yeah. So like monsters, men, monsters. Yeah. yeah, Like all of the all of the kind of like things you would imagine. And then I said that it was also a. like a strained family or parent relationship book. Cause I feel like that's a really big undercurrent of all of this. Oh yeah. Like strained. There's also like found family. But yes. It's kind of more in the, like the. I also the said one. <laughs> I also said slavery. <laughs> oh yeah. Because it is 100%. so. That's super vague. Super oh, big. like the funny thing is, I never would have guessed what that book was, and I would have picked it and opened it and been like, "Oh shiz!" <laughs> oh, it's Crescent City. But when you when you read those and you think of Crescent City, you're like, "Yes, yes, yes." But you just try to be super vague. So I see this book. Well, actually, I didn't open it. I stole it from someone else. But how this one was described was that it was like, um a histor- historical fiction which I've never really read before other than The Nightingale um, which crushed my heart and soul by I love, love and I love oh. that your mom loved it but your mom's history teacher I met Joss's yeah. mom by the way when we were in the half marathon and they're amazing yeah, she did. and I adore her yeah she did she's the best so we yeah anyways so super good book but we I saw that it was historical fiction and I was like, well, I've liked one historical fiction book. Um, and then it talked about how it was about specifically about Italy during world war two. And it was about young love. So I was like, it sounds like it could be good. You guys. I ordered it by the way. My mom will have seen her gift by now when we hear when she hears this but i ordered it for my mom cuz i'm like mom you have to read this book i ordered my mom my three favorite books that i've read mm-hmm. this year um so i ordered her 
I got her fourth wing, obviously. Oh, I think she'd um, love fourth wing. I think she'd love fourth wing. So I got her fourth wing. I got her Beneath the Scarlet Sky, which is the name of the book that I'm reading right now. I know I haven't gotten to the name yet, but um, I got her that one. And then, shoot, what's the third book I got her? I had a lot of favorite books this year, so I kind of had to like, I kind of had to like. You have had a lot of really good books this year that you've read. I have. I've read so many good books. In fact, you want to know something crazy? Hmm. I finished, I read Kingdom of Ash this year. Oh, same. No, because I started reading October, November 8th is when I started reading again last year. So I'll be rereading oh. for a full year in November. That's amazing. All because of you. I. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I also got her reminders of him oh, by Colleen Hoover. Yes, yes, yes. I remember you telling me about that. Because one. I, I definitely, I am not like a... I definitely know now that there are way better authors than Colleen Hoover, but for I people that are not like books, though, like Reminders of Him was really emotional for me. It was I thought it was really good. I liked the story. Um, I liked the idea that people can be redeemed. I just I liked <laughs> the book, and I just think my mom would like it, so I got her that. Anyways, but Beneath the Scarlet Sky is the name of it. It is so good. It's about Pino. It follows this kid. His name's Pino. He is a teenager during World War II, and basically he is – it's based on a true story, heavily based on a true story. Like mm-hmm. all of the things that happen and all of the accounts in the book that Pino himself is accounting all actually happened mm-hmm. because the author of it actually met with Pino for years, and he took him all over Italy, and he learned all these stories, and he saw all these places. So – there's just a lot of it that had to be like filled in gaps kind of. So mm-hmm. it had to be fiction because it wasn't all true. It wasn't all fact, um, yeah. Yeah, like it's told more like a story. Um, but it is so good. He is a young Italian kid who hates the Nazis but ends up becoming a Nazi because Germany took over Italy at that point. The Nazis did. And um, – he is the driver for one of the right-hand men of um, Hitler himself. So he's like spying. He's hearing all these things. He's in these meetings and he's reporting back to the to the I allies. seriously can't wait. I ordered it literally after you told me all this. He's so good. And I and recommended 18, it to my sister and, and she was like, oh, I'm sure. And she said, oh my it. gosh, like I haven't even heard of this. And I was like, you haven't heard of it. And he's, he's 18, and I think that that's, like, a huge part of why it's so intense. But you're hearing, like, firsthand accounts of, like, him, like, the first time he saw a bomb and saw people die. And, like, it's just, like, super emotional. It's, like, I mean, there's, like, moments where you remember, you forget that he's 18, and then all of a sudden he's talking about this girl, Anna, who he has a crush on, and you remember that this is a child. And it's just like tragedy after tragedy, even personal tragedies for him. Just devastating, devastating, Um, but so good all at the same time. Very like hopeful and devastating. And I just have never heard of this kid. And he was a huge, huge hero in World War II. And some people have never even heard of him. And he was an integral part of taking down German forces. Anyways, I'll get off my... No, uh, it's, we've been... it's amazing. Well, we also but, talked for like 10 minutes before we True. actually I, did anything. 
definitely think that it's worth the read, even if like you feel like it's not your speed. I know, because um, she was telling me, I was like, I don't read then. She's like, trust me, you will like this. So I'm like, Andy, I won't even read YA books generally. And I'm reading this and I love it. I'm like, I promise. It's so good. And sometimes you just need a good cry and you need to like be grounded and you need to like read about something that you're like, my well, life is, I can't even like imagine this level of selflessness, this level of at such a young age. Mm-hmm. And I can't even imagine this this well, like that generation terror. having to grow up so quickly yeah. and having to yeah. and the thing is like with how the world is right now and everything that's happening not to get political but like it just kind of shows that history can repeat itself yeah and it's and it's crazy too because throughout the book so far i'm i mean i'm halfway look at how far i am i'm halfway in it and he is still he'll see what he who he calls the gray men mm-hmm or the gray army, he, as he drives around, he sees these men that are workers, basically, laborers, and they look, I mean, starving. And gray. And gray and all these things. And, And he, in his first meeting, he, like, walks in and he sees all these men working in a mine, and he starts to ladle water into their mouths because he's like, why isn't anyone giving you drink? Because that's how much, like, even some of these Nazis. They didn't know much about the concentration camps. Like, Nazis camps. literally didn't know. They didn't know what was happening. They weren't aware of, like, everything. At least at this point. He he doesn't even know that, like, he knows that, like, Hitler hates Jews. Mm-hmm. And he knows that Jews need to be saved and will be killed. But he does not realize, like... The full extent, bigger scope of like LGBTQ gypsies, like not just anyone, anyone who was an ally to any of those people. Like in this, in this scene, he's giving water to this guy, and the guy, he's like, one guy won't open his mouth, and he's like, "Let me just give you water," and he's like, "But you're a Nazi," and he's like, "I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know why you're even here, but obviously no one's giving you water, so like, stop being an idiot and let me give you water." And the guy's like, "Well, I'm." I'm he's like are you Jewish is that why you're here and he's like no I'm also Italian I'm here because I was part of the ally forces and I was trying to help America help Mm -hmm. get Germany out of Italy and it's just it's just crazy anyways such a good book you guys me as I read it super impactful chapter five I was already sobbing it's so good it's so good you guys will love it if you read it. You'll love it, Andy. It's I love really history, good. so I feel like... I do too, yeah. So I'm like, I feel like I will enjoy it. Like, the thing is, if it can be written well, because there's been some I've read that like it just wasn't my, like, the writing style I didn't enjoy, if that makes sense. Like, it was very yeah. poetic and pretty, and like, I normally like that, but it's just too much when you're actually trying to tell a story, for me at least. But... No. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And I, um, yeah, I totally, yeah, 100%. Should we get started? What you said. Yes, let's freaking go. We're going to be talking about our Scorpio season <laughs> books.
Lindsay, do you want to go first yes. with our first book? Sure. Okay. So Hit I'm going to start with, um, technically it's an ongoing series, but for the story of the main characters, it's a duology, um, The Covenant and the Cursed. And Joss has also read this. This is by Harper L. Woods. I will say that it's not a literary masterpiece, but the story is so good. It is more of a dark romance. It's not the darkest romance I've read, but it is a dark romance. So I would definitely read the trigger warnings just to be safe. But essentially... Yeah, on all of these books. Let's just overarching say, every book that Andy and I talk about today, read the freaking trigger warnings, okay? Because a lot of the ones we're talking them, about... Major- I think there's two. Yeah. Two of mine don't have trigger warnings. So I think almost other than maybe the housemaid okay but yeah just be sure like because they're more dark not like they're more what's the word i'm like dark dark academia or dark romance they're more spooky so just your mental health matters make sure you check the trigger warnings like even though we enjoyed it doesn't mean you have to enjoy it okay no you could hate it you could hate this whole episode and that's That's totally fine. fine But yeah, so the Coven and the Curse, basically the gist of it is there's obviously a coven, which is all of that. Um, Main character, uh, female main character is in hiding as a witch, hiding from her coven. And her mother dies. And her mother's magic has been keeping her hidden, her and her brother. And the whole underlying arc of why she's being hidden that people don't know is her lineage. So males in like the witch uh, community. So I guess they would be called warlocks, I guess, Um, the males. But they have to pick between having a family, so basically reproducing offspring or their magic. They can't have both. And so her father didn't choose, and her mother reproduced. So she has a strong lineage of powerful mother and father. But nobody knows that outside of her mother, okay? Her father's not super involved. Her father is an absolute butthole but you learn more about that later so her mother dies she goes to the funeral and because the magic falls um the leadership i I don't know what they're i can't remember what they're called but the leadership of the coven in this school that they train these witches sends her and so they send out um these basically what do you i can't remember what they're called i should have looked it up they're like really weird names but essentially they were made by the devil and they're vase oh vessels they're vessels yes so they don't they don't i'm like don't give it away i think you're talking about something no, else no no no, um, no 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 they're they're vessels so they're basically their souls are in hell but they can still like exist on earth and they have to feed on witches like drink their blood to survive that's how they survive and so this vessel's doing the bidding of it and goes out and finds her and it actually happens to also be the headmaster of this school so she's pissed. She goes only willingly because she's having her brother's life saved and the headmaster doesn't tell anyone about her brother, but he holds that over her head to force her to come to go to the coven. And so you basically follow her journey of training as witches, following her journey of discovering who she is. There's a lot of tension between her and one of the vessels and I love it and it's great and it's beautiful. But the second book, uh, The Cursed, where you already have a lot of information about her, I will tell you right now that it's like literally chapter five and there's already spice and it's very spicy. <laughs> so 
so so just be aware of that but it's it's about like witches and spells and um literally like servants of the devil and lucifer like it's not satanic but it's like the typical witch story of like the witch bartered with the devil to get her powers kind of a thing so Mm -hmm. but it's a dark romance and it's i really enjoyed it but like i said it's not a literary masterpiece like some people read it like the writing was this this and this i'm like but did you enjoy it (laughs) like i did you like it i enjoyed like even if there wasn't smut the smut was great like i would have enjoyed this story yeah so anything you want to add um honestly i was gonna kind of say the same thing like with most of these books um it's not we're not talking about books here that are just like the well, best written books we've ever read before. We They're just enjoyable. Vibes. That's how and we, we are. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I know some people who didn't finish the Coven, who like didn't like it at all. Oh, and that's same. Fine. And that's the beauty of books. It's like you don't have to enjoy the same books to like be friends and to be able to go back. Cause, and that's the thing is like it's just being respectful about it because it's just like oh like I just didn't really enjoy that one because one thing I always like tell people is like you never know what book like healed someone at their lowest so like you can disagree and not like a book and be kind about it. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so I I loved these books and I think you explained them perfectly. Okay. So your turn. Okay, I am going to talk about. Let me go to my notes. Go to my little list. So the first book that I'm going to talk about is um, Den of Vipers. We're going out swinging. (laughs) I haven't read this, but I've heard it's really good. It is actually a really good book. Again, and I'm only going to say this one more time. Really good is relative. Okay. I enjoyed this book. A lot of people won't enjoy it. Um, It's definitely cheesy, which I will say... To be fair, most like dark romance books are cheesy. Are cheesy. Um, because they're trying to make like something that is normally seen as like not okay feel weirdly okay in your mind. Okay. It makes you or wonder like, if you need unnatural. therapy. <laughs> yes. Um, but I just like it because I like to push I mean in in pretty much every way of my life, I like to push the envelope. I like to be a little I saw that smirk. What can I say? Um, in like, yeah, every aspect, not just sex, Andy. (laughs) I know, Joss. You you're always pushing the boundaries, like every way of life. I just push my own boundaries, and not in an unhealthy way, but just in a way where I'm like, no, she likes to push herself and grow. Like Joss is a total bad A when she wants something. She goes for books I didn't finish, books I didn't like, that have been dark books that I just didn't love. And there's nothing wrong with that. Anyway, so when we say the book's really good, we mean that we personally really enjoyed it. And that's the last time we're going to say that. Now let's just enjoy these. (laughs) Because, yeah. Anyways, so the book is about um, the Vipers, which are basically like a quote-unquote gang. Um, Not a quote-unquote. They are legitimately like like a gang or a a mafia? It's not even. It's kind of both. They're, okay. like, not your typical mafia men, but they're, like, four, like, a group of four men that are, like, in charge of part of the city, and they, like, so are ghetto in charge mafia. of everybody. Yes. <laughs> like, but, like, also billionaire. 
Okay, so not great value mafia. <laughs> yeah, this is like. Okay. This I... is like. So it's a yeah. billionaire gang mafia romance, but dark. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm intrigued. Continue. So the four men in it, I'll tell you their names Ryder, Garrett, Kenzo, and Diesel. Okay, these are the Vipers. These are our men. Oh, and it's a reverse harem, by the way. Anyways, so the town that um, I wait one second. I do need to look up. I do need to look up one really one thing really fast. Okay, so something that I um, want you guys to know about me, and I feel like um, is just important for people to know and I feel like I sometimes feel bad about this so I want other people to know that like it's normal I have ADHD um and I do not remember anything I will remember that I really enjoyed a book and I might remember a couple specific points but the minute I stop reading it I pretty much forget everybody's names I so sometimes it might sound like I've literally never read the book like I cannot remember the name of the main girl's life so you know uh, yeah you're totally like, fine I can't remember her name so I just I'm looking up her name so I get it right. Um, but I wanted you guys to know that because I feel like sometimes, like. I couldn't remember the female main character's name in The Cursed until literally two seconds ago. So. I know. Sometimes I feel like you just, like. That's why when you talk to me, like, when, I, when I'm talking, you'll hear me say, like, the main characters or female main character or male main yeah. character just because, like, I remember the gist of a lot of the books in the premises because a lot of these books that I will be talking about, I have recently read. And so yes. I can hold on to that for quite a bit. Um, and I also have like a very good memory about weird things and books happen to be, some books happen to be a part of that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. So Roxy is our Ooh, leading lady. I like okay, that. So- Essentially, so I'm going to give you kind of like a basic outline. Like this is kind of what's on the back of the book about what happens in this book. And then I'll go, I want to go in depth a little bit more about each of the characters, but just barely. So the premise of the book is that Roxy's dad is a gambler. Okay. And he basically doesn't pay his debt and he owes the the vipers a debt. So to pay his debt, he sells them his daughter, which is Roxy. And Roxy owns and operates a bar, like a dive bar. And she is scary. It's like a biker bar and she's terrifying and everybody listens to her and is scared of her. Um, And that's kind of like her pride and joy. Her dad is obviously an absolute piece of shit. And she, I don't know. She just, that's like her only thing that's just for her. So she, I don't know. She basically is just like kind of your typical like badass biker scary chick, but she's also like incredibly hot and everyone's obsessed with her. And so basically what ends up happening is like I said, she gets sold. So her dad sells her to the Vipers and the Vipers show up at her bar and take her okay and so what the kind of like they take her to their house and their plan is basically to kill her 
to like hope that them having her makes the dad want her want to pay them or whatever like a ransom yeah so they own her and she's like pissed about it at first um but she is like not kind of a meek type she's like a very in your face main character um and she is like they can own my body, but they'll never own my heart. Like those kind of vibes. Anyways, oh, but they yeah. do own her in, in the end. Um, and I love the last line of the synopsis that's on the back of the book. And it says, the vipers, I'm going to make them regret the day they took me. This girl, she bites too, which is cheesy, but it's true. So to give you a little premise of all the characters, because I feel like this will hook people. Um, Ryder is the leader. He's like your typical your typical really clean, wears a suit, I'm in charge boss man with lots of like control issues. Um, Kenzo is kind of the sweetie of the crew. He is like, if he like encounters something that like makes him angry or if he feels protective of the people that he loves, he will like he'll murder you but he's a sweet vibes to like this yes he's like a he's like a golden retriever and then if you piss him off he's like a werewolf so he's super sweet you love him he's also terrifying um garrett is like the kind of hurt and scarred guy that's like a girl broke my heart the woman i thought i loved was turned out not to be who I thought she was and like I don't want anything to do with any feelings whatsoever and I hate everybody um and then Diesel sure buddy Diesel I don't even know how to put this a literal psychopath okay okay Diesel is like the one that's like excited to like like kill everybody Meadows status or just like crazy crazy oh worse okay crazy crazy uh like um sibby oh i love sibby but the male version they'd get really long so really he, well together their like sexy time involves like a lot of knives and like cutting and like a lot of knife play pain and burning and like torturing other people and doing it while they torture somebody else like crazy shit basically like okay. The the masochist vibes. Like, that's, like, a really big, like, kink for them is, like, masochism. Yep, that's exactly what it is. Anyways, so, basically what ends up happening, I mean, I feel like you can kind of gather this, but they steal her. They all fall in love with her. She falls in love with them. Then she becomes the queen of the vipers. And everyone's terrified of her because she's scary as hell. And why choose? They make her dad pay and she chooses all of them i love it um anyways i i will say that is on my tbr that is one i I do want to read it's definitely one you should read i it borders erotic novel for me so i will say it's very erotic then you said like a lot of sex uh yeah you say like, like 80%. I think you could <laughs> argue that it's an erotic novel. I did not know that um, going into it. I like a reverse harem. That's all I thought it was, like a dark reverse harem. Yeah. Um, but I would say, like, I don't know. And, like, the writing 
isn't great, but it's a, it's a, I liked it. I enjoyed it. It's a good book if you want something dark yeah. and really spicy and like that kind of like pushes the envelope and you're curious. Like that's a good one. Anyways, next book before we talk for like 40 hours, I still have like eight books on my list. I know. Oh my gosh. We'll just have to like be stop really talking so much. Yeah. Brief, which is hard. I need um, to stop doing that. It's called ADHD. And we haven't <laughs> talked to each other in so long. So it's I know. Nice. Um, I love your face. I love your face. <laughs> Um, so I mentioned One Dark Window and how I am reading the second one right now. Um, so it's a duology. I haven't finished the second one, but One Dark Window is so cool. I've never read a book like this. It's got a really unique magic system, really unique structure, kind of like a mystery aspect to it. So initially it starts out with a girl named Elsabeth and in this world, there's something that they call a magical fever. But if you catch this magical fever, you have to be killed. Because you develop powers, essentially, and it's illegal to have magic because the original king of the land, they called the Shepherd King, made a deal with the Spirit of the Wood, which is like a magical, sacred place, okay? With like, the Spirit of the Woods is female um, witch, essentially. Made a deal with her to make magic more organized, and as a result, she developed 12 cards, um, and all of them have different functions. Like, there's one that's called the Scythe card, which helps you control people. But all of these cards required a sacrifice and a sacrifice of the user. So if you use the Scythe card, like, it causes you physical pain. Um, and then there's only, like, there, it gets more rare as you go up. And there's the Twin Elders card, which nobody can find. That's, like, the card. And then there's the Nightmare card, which there are only two of. And it's really powerful, which makes it so you can basically talk mind to mind to people. So, leading off of that, um, Elsabeth gets the fever. She's the female main character, and her parents hide it because she survives it. But she hasn't manifested any powers. So they're like, cool, she's in the clear, she's alive, we just have to hide that she's ever had the fever, and we get to make sure her blood's never tested because they have, like, an object that can tell if she's been infected. And so, one day she hears her uncle come home bragging about getting this card. And she sees the card and goes to touch it. And as soon as she touches the card, she absorbs essentially this card into her. And it's the nightmare card. And so at a really young age, the age of 11, she has this nightmare, this 500-year-old demon creature living in her head that can take over her body when she's needed to be protected. And so she has this literally... This creature, she talks to her in her mind. It sounds super weird and shady. Because when I was first reading, I'm like, this is creepy. And it is creepy. But it progresses on later into her life. And she is walking a path to go to her uncle's to go see her cousin. And she's attacked by highwaymen. And highwaymen steal these province cards to make themselves she more She sounds like Little Red Riding Hood. It's kind Skip of like... It on it's my grandma's house. I know, right? And she's walking all the way there. And she gets mobbed by these highwaymen. And she's like, what the fuh? And so she talks into her mind, asks this creature to help her. And he's like, you know that there's going to be a cost for this because magic always has a price. And so she basically blacks out when this creature takes over. And it's super powerful, super skilled, takes out these three dudes and she's on her way. Okay. Um, and... She eventually has to go to, like, this whole coronation thing for the king, and she can see province cards, and it's just a whole scheme of where she's having to basically find a way to save those who have been infected 
without the king knowing, who is a super corrupt a-hole, and his son is also a corrupt a-hole. And so she's literally going on this mission, a treasonous mission, to find these cards to stop the king from getting them all and to save those who have been infected. And there's a little bit of romance in it. There's a lot of mystery in it at this second part because there's murder involved, but you don't find that out till later. Not that that's not really a spoiler, but you'll find out that there's like a murder mystery and what happened and all this lore. And the second book is just like, yeah, but it's so good. It sounds crazy, but Elizabeth is a bad A. She's just the quiet, reserved person that keeps to herself. But you find out that she's not so timid as you once thought. So, not so timid, are we? But it's amazing. And it's just, it's so hard to describe this book because there's nothing really like it. Like, it's very difficult to describe to without giving a lot of it away. Because I get the heading of each chapter uh, on the first book. There's a card. It looks like a tarot card with like a little, like, looks like a rhyming poem that describes the types of cards. And... I was, like, gripped. And it's an easy read because they're pretty small, but the font's really big. And they're, like, 400 pages. So, like, I'll probably Mm. finish this book tomorrow. That's really... I mean, I like that. I'm down for that. I've thought about buying those for your birthday and, like, sending those to you. Because... You guys, I feel like I need to put this out there for all of you people who listen to this podcast. People of the pod... My birthday is a big-ass deal to me, okay? Like, more than the average adult, all right? It is a big deal. I, it's because you are a big deal. You're right. <laughs> I celebrate my birthday for a whole month, pretty much. Like, even after my birthday, it's still, like, my birthday. Like, everyone's celebrating Thanksgiving, but I'm like, did you know my birthday was a few days ago? <laughs> um, You got to write it out. It's birthday month, not birthday week. Go, yeah. Go hard or go home. And as a little funny thing for you, growing up, I was the only person in my family with a November birthday. We have two October, two December, Ooh. and one July. He's random. <laughs> um, and then me in November, and I was alone. So November was all about me. I didn't have to share it with anybody. And then my parents got divorced. My mom got remarried. My stepdad has eight children. Okay. Now, okay, let me think. One, two, three of those eight children are married. One of his eight children is probably going to marry the person he's dating. And my brother is going to marry the girl he's dating. And none of them have November birthdays. You're like, this is my month. And then my dad went and married Sweet Autumn, who I love. And I'm happy to share the birth month with her. Ryan's dad's birthday is also in November, but... I mean... He passed away, so... So as much as we like... Yeah. It's... I mean... Yeah, anyway. So I share it now with... Now that I've gotten married, I share it with other people. And now that my dad has gotten married, I share it with Autumn. Which is fine. Which is fine. But in our house, (laughs) November... It's all about me. I think we should definitely do an episode of, like, Joss's, like, favorite reads. Or, like, a Joss-themed episode for your birthday. Hell yeah. You're like, damn, I'm in. 
anyways birthday's a really big deal sorry anyways but no i'm done with mine yeah. so it's your turn okay. okay my next book on my list is another little bit of a weird one <laughs> um it <laughs> is called her soul to take okay is this the monster romance one that rena rec- recommended no that's the next one. Oh, geez how many this s- is her soul to take okay and this is by harley larue um right i have no clue let me her soul to are they different authors like yeah oh okay. yeah they are and they're totally different books they're about different things okay okay. continue with your monster smut so her soul to take this is actually demon smut okay so excuse me my part demons not monsters don't give away what i'm doing then i'm just kidding (laughs) Uh, demons mind. So, um, so here's like, I'm just going to read the thing on the back of the book because I feel like it explains it really well. So it starts out with Leon, who is our male main character. He's a demon. Okay. It says, I earned my reputation among magicians for a reason. One wrong move and you're dead. Killer, they called me and killing is what I'm best at. Except her. The one I was supposed to take, the one I should have killed, I didn't. The cult that once controlled me wants her, and I'm not about to lose my new toy to them. Mm, and like the female main character in this book, her name is Ray. Oh, I can't read it now. <laughs> and she says, here's her little thing. I've always believed in the supernatural. Hunting for ghosts is my passion. She's a ghost hunter, you guys. Okay, that's actually pretty dope. Um, but summoning a demon was never part of the plan. Monsters are roaming the woods, and something ancient, something evil, is waking up and calling my name. I don't know who I can trust or how deep this darkness goes. All I know is that my one shot at survival is the demon stalking me. And he doesn't just want my body. He wants my soul. But there's, like, witches in it and, like, magic and demons and... It's so good. It was so good. I loved it. Like the storyline um, itself is good outside of yes, and it's painting. so creative. It's so creative. Like she is a ghost hunter who has like a social media page and all this stuff. There's a cult in the city that she grew up in. There's like gods in it that have to be fed. Oh, like that's super interesting. So it's, it's a very, very unique kind of magic-esque type system, but not the magic. The creatures in it are super fascinating. It's just super good. Also, the spice is freaking off the charts. I'll read you a quote from it that I feel like encompasses it, and then it will be you. I'm going to start doing this. I'm just going to read the back, read a quote, move on. I like Anyways, it. Anyways, so here's the quote. And I'm not going to be able to pronounce this French word, so just ignore me. It says... And this is, um, this is her like talking in her mind mm-hmm. about, this is Ray talking her about um, Leon. Yeah. So she says in French, there's a phrase for the random urge to jump from high places, which we've all had. The, ir- the irrational desire to swerve into traffic despite imminent destruction. And then it says, l'appel du vide, which I totally butchered that that's supposed to be french um and it I says that, sorry janet that yeah sorry <laughs> that means the call of the void 
Those sudden feral impulses tend to be shoved away immediately, but humans still experience them. What if you jumped? What if you touched the fire? What if, what if? And when I looked at him, staring at me, the void called. Ooh, I like that. That might be my first, it's just like, so good. smut, like, monster paranormal smut that I read outside of witches. Because he looks like a human. He looks like a human being. He's just a demon. I'm in. So when I get back on my smut train, that will be it. There you go. It's super good. I really liked it. And I like kind of this, like, I don't know, like that little quote. I, like, love that. Because I feel like we all kind of do that. That, like, the call of the void. That, like, what if I did this? It's the impulsive thoughts. That's what we call them. Yeah. But it's the call and of the void. And she's describing it. Yeah. That's actually really cool. The call of the unknown. The things that you don't know. What would happen if I jumped? What would happen if I did this? I like that. It's going to make Anyways, me sound super bougie now. Instead of being saying like intrusive thoughts, we're like, I'm having the call of the void. The void is calling me. And I must go. <laughs> and I must go. All right. Next one. So this one. Read the mother effing trigger warnings. Because this series was actually previously banned and removed from Amazon because of the trigger warnings. So... Wait, let me guess. Can I guess? I'm not going to read your list again. We've both read it, obviously. Is it Haunting and Hunting Adeline? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm not surprised by that. I love that book. I devoured those books. I Okay, so this was my first dark romance, and that's literally like a plunge into the deep end and i didn't know that going into it okay so and i really enjoyed it it's very dark and there's a lot of you just need to read the trigger warnings but here i'm just gonna read you're, you that if you haven't ever read it you're gonna hear andy describe this and you're gonna be like what the hell so i'm reading just the description of the first one and so there's two point of views there's the manipulator and the shadow the manipulator is the female main character the shadow is the male main character it's a stalker romance so, says the manipulator, I can manip- manipulate the emotions of anyone who lets me. I will make you hurt. I will make you cry. I will make you laugh and sigh. But my words don't affect him, especially not when I plead for him to leave. He's always there watching and waiting, and I can never look away, not even when I want him to come closer. And this is the shadow. It says, I didn't mean to fall in love, but now that I have, I can't stay away. I'm mesmerized by her smile, by her eyes, by the way she moves, the way she undresses. I'll keep watching and waiting until I can make her mine. And once she is, I'll never let go, not even if she begs me to. So the premise of this is our female main character, Adeline, has taken over her grandmother's old house. She's living there. Her grandmother passed away. Um, She's also an author. And she goes to an author signing and she sees this like strange man there and he's very, very good looking, but it's very brief, but she can feel his stare on him, on her and leaves it at that. And then she eventually goes to the house and she starts discovering like all these crazy things. Like she's really into spooky stuff. She likes being scared. She likes the adrenaline of being terrified. That's something she really enjoys. Um... And so she's reading all these, like, letters that are passed from her grandma in the past that are kind of spooky. And then one day she sees that her house was broken into and was like, okay, that's weird. Like, there's, like, a rose left there and all the thorns are taken off. No, there's no note, nothing. And then she's like, okay, weird, whatever. So she realizes that eventually she just needs to get laid because it's been a hot minute. (laughs) 
So she goes out to go party. She hooks goes to hook up with this guy and takes him home with her. And while they're literally about to hook up, like there's a massive just smack on the door. I can't remember if this is the party one because she's tried to hook up a couple times in this process and the same thing happens. Smacks on the door, scares the crap out of her, and she goes outside and there's literally nobody there. And then the dude's freaked out. He leaves and she gets a note the next day that's like, if I ever see anybody's hands on you again, I will cut them off with like a rose. And it escalates from there. Like she calls, she installs security systems. She installs all of these different things to keep this person out. But at the same time, she's like super into it. Like, I don't like this, but I do like this. Like she's so She's like, listen, I'm going to install a security system, but I'm also going to touch myself later at the idea of who this guy is. No, seriously. And then she That's like, her. she finds out that yep. he's like watching her. Like she can feel him watching even she though. She can't see him. So she'll like walk around in super skimpy clothing and undress yeah. like, and it's literally, they call it the cat and mouse duet for a reason because it's literally cat and mouse play. So the first book is that premises. I'm not going to, give any spoilers for a little mouse joss has a little mouse sticker i have that one too from jordan with a rose yes little mouse and the second book is even darker who is my friend who recommended this book to me in the first place which is funny this is my friend who wouldn't even get past the first like two chapters of akatar oh yeah i remember you telling me that where i'm like she didn't like it and i was really sad but Little Mouse. She was the person who recommended this to me. It's very now good. Now I know what she likes. But it's dark. So it I know is very, recommend. very dark. The first one is dark. Um, the male main character has a lot of, like, redeeming qualities. I know that sounds weird with, like, saying a stalker. His job redeems His him. His job redeems him. And I'm not... The thing is, I can't explain too much, or it gives a lot away. And I will say the first book is dark, and it ends on a massive cliffhanger. But the first half of the second book is absolutely gut-wrenching it's agonizing like, it's not spicy it's just dark and it's very it's hard very to hard read. to read but there's a reason to it and it's very graphic so that's why when we say read say, the trigger warnings you need to read the trigger warnings i would say the first three-fourths of oh, yeah it's more, the second it's more like three-fourths no there's no spice and there's not even really spice then for good reason till towards the end yeah, and even then, it's like, it's like kind of more like taking back power, healing, and healing, healing so. versus like, yeah, we're effing kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and you'll see what we mean if you choose to read or if you have read it. Um, and it's not what I expected to like because I had to read it and stop a couple. Like I read it periodically. Like, I'd read a couple chapters and then I'd read something else, you know, and read a couple chapters and then I got so far in. Once I got so far in into haunting, I was like, all right, we're just going to binge this. And then I binge the next one. It's really a good story, but it's very, very dark. H.D. Carlton writes very dark stuff. That's a, that's a homie right there. But your turn, Joss. Okay. We're doing good on time. Um, we're doing great on time. Yes. Um. So the book that I... um. I'm about to talk about. I just have to dedicate this portion of the podcast to my girl, my baby, Rena, <laughs> because this one's for you, sweet girl. Um, so 
This book is called Her Soul to Keep. A Soul to Keep. It is by Opal Rain or Renee. I don't know how to pronounce it. R-E-Y-N-E. I don't know either. Renee. Anyways, so this is where um, we get a little weird, okay? It's monsters. It definitely, yeah, it's it's about monsters. Um, it. I really liked it. I will say it's not like the most fabulous writing. There's like, okay, think of like Throne of Glass where there's like lots of exclamation points after the things the female says and she's like, Shouting. just seems shrill and like, yeah, and very like childish mm-hmm. a little Immature. bit but with her exposure lack of exposure to humans and people um it sort of makes sense so i will read like what kind of the back of the book says um it says the overview is all raya that's the girl's name ever wanted was freedom Known as a harbinger of bad omens and blamed for demons eating her family, oh, Rhea is shunned by her entire village. When the next offering is due, so basically, I'll just keep reading. Keep going. No, I'm kidding. And the monstrous Duskwalker is seen headed their way. Her village offers her an impossible choice. Be thrown into the prison cells or allow herself to be sacrificed to a faceless monster. However, he is not what he seems. His skull face and glowing eyes are um, ethereal, and she finds herself unwittingly enchanted by him. All Orpheus ever wanted was a companion. Each decade, in exchange for protection, um, in exchange for a protection ward from the demons that terrorize the world, Orpheus takes a human offering to the Vale, the place he lives and the home of demons. The brief companionship does little to ease his loneliness and their lives are always unfortunately cut short. He'd thought it was a hopeless endeavor until he met her. She's not afraid of him and his insatiable desire deepens with every moment of her presence. But will Orpheus be able to convince Rhea to stay forever before she's lost to stay before she's lost to him forever? So I think the, the little like dedication or whatever at the beginning of the book is so funny that the author writes in it's it is hilarious so it says this is like the first page of the book you open it there's the cover next page it's the best it says to all the monster fuckers out there this book is for you don't pretend that you've never wanted to be railed by some human eating dark entity that has a skull for a face you saw the cover you knew what you were getting yourself into and you still chose to open this book and read it and that's the first page which it's true. You, you literally see him on the cover. So, like, if you didn't like what he looked like on the cover, you wouldn't have kept reading. So, essentially, what they are, they have these, like, furry human bodies. Or furry animal humanoid bodies. They have skulls as faces. Um, like, horns. Glowing eyes. They're like, the eyes change yeah, they're color. They're murdering eyes is what you were saying, right? Yes. Yes, exactly. And, um, yeah, among other things that I'm not going to spoil. You, I know you it's... and Rena are like, don't knock it till you try it. And I'm like, heaven help me. <laughs> Honestly, it was really more just like interesting than anything. And I actually really like the storyline. for science. And, and yeah, exactly. And Orpheus, <laughs> the monster 
is a golden retriever. That's what you're saying. He's like okay. a, he's a big old cinnamon roll. Oh my gosh, he is the gooeyest like, of cinnamon he's like, rolls. He's a naive cinnamon roll. She like makes him these little like beaded horn jewelry, right? Chains for his horns, and he like hangs them on his horns. He's so cute. He like plants her a a garden and makes sure she has the fruit and vegetables that she likes. He like creates this little patch of because she can't go outside the salt circle around their house or she'll get eaten alive killed by demons. Yeah. So he finds this little like. He basically makes it so that when she sits out in the garden, there's sunlight that shines right on her table and chair. That's really so cute. So she can sit out in the garden with sun shining through. It's just, like, really cute. He he is a cinnamon roll. Um, I love it. Anyways, that's that book. That's all I'm going to tell you about that one because you just got to give it away. It. And Joss has talked and about it in our previous more. episodes, too. She had, like, a full yes. spiel about it when she was reading it. So if you want And more. there's a ton more in it than I'm, like, not giving out it's just but it's, it is really good it's a good book it was cute anyways next all right so this one doesn't have any trigger warnings it's belladonna it's a ya book and i loved it it's like a gothic romance ya and i'm just going to read the description because it's super hard to explain but it, it's a gothic infused world of wealth uh, desire and betrayal orphaned as a baby 19 year old cigna has been raised by a string of guardians each one more interested in her wealth than her well-being and each has met an untimely end. Her remaining relatives are the elusive Hawthorns, an eccentric family living at Thorn Grove, an estate glittering and gloomy. Its patriarch mourns his late wife through wild parties while his son grapples for control of the family's waning reputation, and his daughter suffers from a mysterious illness. But when their mother's restless spirit appears claiming she was poisoned, Cigna realizes that the family she depends on could be in grave danger and enlist the help of a surly stable boy to hunt down the killer. However, Cigna's best chance of uncovering the murder is an alliance with Death himself, a fascinating, dangerous shadow who has never been far from her side her whole life. Though she, though he's made her life a living hell, Death shows Cigna that their growing connection may be more powerful and irresistible than she ever dared imagine. So, insane. So basically, it's like a murder mystery aspect. Uh, YA it starts out with the story of how her entire family, who's super wealthy, by the way, dies when she's a baby. And she avoids death. Like, she cannot die. Because her mom, everyone is poisoned. She nursed from her mom. And she should have died. And so death meets her as a baby and is like, we'll meet again. Because she just can't die for some reason. And so... When she accidentally ate belladonna berries, hence the book's name, when she was young, she died temporarily and was able to converse with death. And that's what she's learned is she can see dead people, like totally sixth sense type aspect. But she's able to. I love it. But it's super, super cool. I love it. It's uh, got two so far in the series, um, Belladonna and Foxglove. And the next one is Wisteria which will be coming out next year. And I tell you when I blew through these because it's got spice. It's YA spice, but it's still really good. Like, especially if you're not in the mood for something like super spicy and you just want like a little hint, like it's perfect. And that's kind of the mood I've been in recently. So I highly recommend Belladonna by Adeline Grace. And her writing is so good. I love it. Ooh, I know which one you're going to talk about next. Okay, I actually changed the order. Rude. 
continue. Because I want to do something, um, lovely bad things. I feel like I need, I need like one more minute to talk about that one. That one I need is, like, that one is a, that's a doozy. <laughs> okay. So does it hurt? Another HD Carlton. She wrote haunting and hunting Adeline. Read the trigger warnings. This one. Yeah. This one. Actually, if you ask HD who wrote it, this is the lighter version of like all of those books that she's this is like she wrote this because she needed something lighter okay in your opinion is it lighter yes because you've told me some of these scenes and i'm like but everything is like consensual does that make sense yes. that's the difference between it's all consensual it's non-consensual in haunting Yes, and, and in haunting, like, haunting has, like, really graphic, awful things happen in it, too. Yeah, and that doesn't, like, the, okay, this is all I'll consensual. tell you what, continue. <laughs> what the book's about, and it will all make sense what I'm trying to say here. Okay. okay, so I'll read you the little premise of the book. So, what it says on, basically, the back of it is, who am I? I've forgotten that answer to... I have forgotten the answer to that question long ago. Ever since I ran from that house so desperate to escape, I left with only the clothes on my back and socks on my feet. After that day, I've only ever walked in stolen shoes. Could I be a girl who was searching for the meaning of life in faceless men? They were all so forgettable until he came along. He took me under a waterfall, made me forget my name, and in return, I took his instead. Enzo Vitale and Ed, and N. Enigmatic. I don't know what that word means. Whatever. Oh, it's like it's Ma- like an enigma. Enigmatic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Man that will only ever love the deep sea, or rather the predators that inhabit it. Turns out he's not so different than the monsters he feeds. He lured me onto his boat like a fish in the ocean, seeking vengeance for my crime. Had I realized his intentions and that a massive storm would leave us shipwrecked, I would have ran. Now I'm a girl who's seeking refuge in a decrepit lighthouse with a man who loves me almost as much as he craves me. He wants to hurt me, but the old caretaker of the abandoned island may have intentions far more sinister. It's no longer a question of who I am, but rather will I survive? So, basically, Okay, so essentially Sawyer is our main female character. We love her. And um, Sawyer is basically, she's a fugitive. She's hiding out um, from the U.S. and she's in Australia. So that's where this whole book takes place in Australia. So she is hiding out in Australia. Um, She's been on the run for like six years and she's an identity thief. That's like to survive. That's the whole reason that she does it. Um, Enzo, who is our male character, becomes one of her victims after having sex with her under a waterfall. Um, This is interesting. He wants revenge. And when he takes her out on his boat for revenge... They get shipwrecked. So Enzo is a sh- swimmer of with sharks. He likes to swim with sharks. He's obsessed with sharks. He has like an aquarium. He's a scientist um, in a lot of ways. And he loves sharks. So he um, basically is like pissed. He's like, I'm 
not going to let her do this. And he's yeah. pissed too because he, he likes her so much. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh my gosh, that was like the best. And I just like meet her back kind of thing. Look how red my ears. They got pierced. My ears pierced. Okay, I got to cover it. I'll just stop. I won't stop turning it. Um, the sex is like top notch between these two. Um, Sawyer's past is like super heartbreaking. Um, she's a survivor. I know that she's like an identity thief to get her to get to survive. But like when you hear about her past, you're like, okay. Out. Yeah. Like her. I won't ruin it. But basically like she, has a really she just has a a rough past um so her like funky quirkiness is like what made enzo kind of like her because he's more it's not even like grumpy sunshine but like it kind of is because mm-hmm. she's not i wouldn't describe her as sunshiny but she's definitely more like silly kind of like bubble and he's more serious yes um anyways so Basically, they end up on shipwrecked on this island, and there, there's an old man that runs this lighthouse that's on this island, and the whole time you're getting, like, weird vibes from him, and he's saying that, like, the lighthouse is haunted, and, like, all these things, and he's, like, they, like, randomly will catch him in, like, lies, and he's also kind of, like, you need to watch out for that. He He's, like, telling Sawyer that, like, Enzo is, like, a scary man or whatever. So he's trying to, like... So she's, like, he's trying who, to distance them. That's who's the bad guy here? Who's the bad guy here? Um. Anyway, so the whole time... It's, it's almost like a horror book. It's scary. It's, like a, it's scary. It's like an erotic thriller. Yeah, and, and honestly, like, I would argue this has way less sex in it than... Than Haunting. Haunting and Hunting Adeline. Now, the sex... Like... It pushes, you know, it, it pushes the envelope. Like, it's not normal yes. sex. Like, there's kinks involved and stuff like that. Yes, but, like, really, this is... I would argue that this is a thriller, more than anything i've had so many people tell me i need to read it i just haven't it's it's you would really like it i promise if you could do haunting and hunting adeline you could do this because it's like tyler i talked to tyler about it and he's like i bet you could read half the stuff joss does if you read that one book and i'm like yeah probably because that was my first dark romance and i really loved it so honestly like this whole book is like full of plot twists Okay, yeah, then it's full I of things would you're love that. I love being caught off it's guard. Full of like, it's full of, like, does he hate her? Does he love her? Does she hate him? Does she love him? Is the old man crazy? Is he really just trying to help them? Why is he lying about things? What's that noise? Like, <gasps> what's that noise? Where did his whole family go? Why are they all gone? Like, all this crazy stuff. So, anyways, add TBR. Add it. Okay, Um. quick pause yes. here. I'm probably just going to do. Just do whatever like your favorite last two are. I'm just going to do. Honestly, I might just do one so I can talk about it more. I'm going to do lovely bad things because I want to be able to like. Yes, do that one. Talk about that's it for like a the serial killer one, right? Yes. So that way you can take <laughs> a long time to talk because that one's really good. So do you want me to pump through my two and then do yours? Or yeah, do two because I I'm still looking something up for lovely bad things. Okay, There's one perfect. specific quote I want. Yeah, so, so you pump through your two. Perfect. 
Anyways, so yeah, so that's H.G. Carlton for you. Awesome. Covered all her books. Your turn. Perfect. So I'm going to cover my next two because Joss is going to talk about one that's like insane. Like this is a book that she called me and was like, I just have to tell somebody about this. So that's how good it is. But anyways, I haven't read it yet. I might. We'll see. But um, the next one that I'm going to talk about is Kingdom of the Feared. It's a trilogy. It's kind of YA that progresses into new adult I wouldn't say there's really trigger warnings for this one either, but I really enjoyed it. It's basically a twist on the seven pits of hell, um, seven princes of hell kind of thing too. So here is the blurb for the first book, which is the kingdom of the wicked. It says two sisters, one brutal murder, a quest for vengeance that will unleash hell itself. An intoxicating romance, Amelia and her twin sister, Victoria, um, are strag witches. I think that's how you say it. Who live secretly among humans, Avoiding notice and persecution. One night, Vittoria misses a dinner service at the family's renowned Sicilian restaurant. Amelia soon finds the body of her beloved twin, desecrated beyond belief. Devastated, Amelia sets out to find her sister's killer and to seek vengeance at any cost, even if it means using dark magic that's been long forbidden. Then Amelia meets Wrath, one of the wicked princes of hell, and she has been warned against in tales since she was a child. Wrath claims to be on Amelia's side, tasked by his master with solving the series of women's murders on the island. But when it comes to the wicked, nothing is as it seems. So that's the first book. It's a whole thing. And it is so it is a slow burn. Like I read read this book and I was like, what? With all these things. Like, this is a book, a series that you would love, Joss, because it's got like <laughs> the dark aspect. It's got the twists and turns. It's got the who done it. It's got who's really on whose side. Um, there's an interesting magic aspect, and it's got f- feminine rage, like all the good stuff. And I adored this series, and I flew through them. Like there isn't really, and there's a lot of sexual tension, but there's really no spice, like true spice, until the third book, which is the Kingdom of the Feared. Um, but there's like literally one line that I love. It's like one of the characters say, tell me I'm your favorite sin. Cause if you remember the seven princes of hell are named after sins, there's envy, there's wrath, there's greed, lust, like all these different gluttony, sloth, like all these things. I, it's so good. Like just this concept is so phenomenal. And I love that it has the Italian Sicilian backstory. And of course it is because the, author's name is Carrie uh Carrie Meniscalico she's Italian and it's just I love it so much so highly recommend that one the other one is Serpent and Wings of Night by Carissa Broadbent so let me get that pulled up so that one is really really good it's like an immortal enemies to lovers and it's an ongoing series, so I think it's going to have a total of six books, like full books, not including novellas, um, and it's going to be paired off of, like, in duologies. So the first two are about, like, certain characters, and then it's going to, like, kind of progress. Uh, so Serpents in the Wings of Night, here is the recap of this one. So it says, human or vampire, the rules of survival are always the same. Never trust, never yield, and always, always guard your heart. The adopted human daughter of the nightborn vampire king, Oriah, carved her place in the world des- uh, designed to kill her designed to kill her her only chance is to become something more than prey by entering the kenjari a legendary tournament held by the goddess of death herself 
but winning won't be easy among the most vicious warriors from all three vampire houses. To survive, Oriah is forced to make an alliance with a mysterious rival. Everything about Rain is dangerous. He is a ruthless vampire, an efficient killer, and an enemy to her father's crown and her greatest competition. Yet what terrifies Oriah most is that all she finds herself is oddly drawn to him. But there's no room for compassion in the Kenjari. War for the House of Blood of Night brews, shattering everything that Oriah thought she knew about her home. And Ray may understand her more than anyway, but they're more than anyone, my goodness. But their blossoming attraction could be her downfall in a kingdom where nothing is more deadly than love. And so it says like Ooh. and it's so so good. Like it's basically if if you've read From Blood and Ash, it's like if From Blood and Ash, Hunger Games, and like Court of Thorns and Roses all had a baby. Like that's the best that's way, way to, to explain it. it. Um, because it kicks off fast because like she's obviously in this tournament the Kenjari and she's enrolled in it and it starts whenever this goddess decides it starts like everyone makes a blood oath to participate and makes the offering to the goddess and then whenever the goddess feels like it she literally summons people with her like magic and they're in this like castle facility where they literally just have to survive it's Hunger Games and she's the only human and they're all vampires. So, pretty insane. So there's a lot of loss, a lot of good backstory, a lot of great spice. Um, completely crazy twists and turns. I will say this, though. Like, if you've been reading a lot of fantasy, like, if you've just read From Blood and Ash or you just read Akatar, I would wait. Because there are a lot of, like, similar aspects. I wouldn't say it's, like, copy and pasted, but, like... It's very similar in a lot of aspects in that regard, but it's I read it's very too close, and I kept getting details confused. I kept being like, "Oh yeah, that part in," and you're like, "Oh wait," from Nash, and you're like, "No, that didn't happen." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah. serpents!" So make sure you're just aware of that, since you know that they're like really similar in that aspect. But like the storyline itself is very, very unique. It's just hard when you read them like that close together, but. I loved this series. It has two books. So the two main characters, Rain and Oriya, um, it's about their story. Um, there's a Six Scorch Roses, which has like some side characters, backstory. That's a little novella that takes place with this similar. And they're all really, really good. I'm looking forward to when she releases her next one. She had a baby, so it's going to be a hot minute. But I loved it. And we'll see her at a Polycon. So that's even better. Ooh. All right, John. So I've tried to pump through that because I want to hear yours so bad because I still vividly remember you calling me like, Andy, I need help. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm still confused by this book, but in the best way. Trisha Wolf. Okay. It's lovely bad things. If you've ever heard of this book, Trisha Wolf is known for writing books like this. She uses very flowery language. Um, Lots of, like, philosophy and stuff, which can be really confusing, really convoluted, really, like, yeah, hard to follow. I found myself rereading pages over and over and over. I still have no idea what happened in the end of that book. Mainly because it, it leaves off on, like, a massive cliffhanger. Is it a series? Yes. Oh, shoot. And I haven't felt ready to read the second one yet. Not because it's not good, but just because it was, it's like... It's a lot. <laughs> my brain's like, I have no idea what's happening. So... Um, let me get to my, like, the back of the book so I can read it to you. Because um, I feel like 
that's the best way to like explain to you what happens. Um, so here's the book overview. It says he's the devil and she's his wicked game. An enemy to the lover's dark romance with a thrilling twist from the disturbed mind that brought you the darkly madly duet. Halen um, is our main female character. Halen. They say eyes are the windows to the soul, but when he looks at me through hues of slate green and flaring blue embers, I'm terrified of what's watching me from behind his clashing gaze. Something primal and feverish that threatens to melt me like fire and ice. I fear falling into Callum Locke's pitch black soul. But after I'm called to a crime scene to investigate the most gruesome act of violence to descend on the legendary town of Hollow's Row, I have no choice but to turn to Callum, to the man I locked away in an asylum for the criminally insane. He's the leading expert on all things. Um, I can't even say this philosopher's name. Niche. It's probably what it is. Um, and Nicole. And now, to get answers, I'm forced to make a deal with the devil himself. Oh my god. So then... Really, eyes on windows to the soul. Then I wonder what little Halen St. James thinks of all the cryptic eyes watching her in the killing fields. I wonder if the hairs on her delicate nape lifted away, if a thrilling shiver raced down her soft skin. She's desperate for the answer, and she'll do anything to uncover it, even make a deal with oh, me. He's got chills. Dangling, yeah, dangling freedom like bait on a hook. But she's far more tempting to sink my teeth into than any lure, and the pain will taste twice as sweet. So if you haven't like gathered it Callum is a he's actually a professor he's a philosophy professor um and he is insane okay um Halen is a crime scene investigator but she is like a a criminal profiler but specifically she okay so she's a criminal profiler Callum is an expert in philosophy and he's also a serial killer um Halen is like she doesn't work for the FBI but she's like the FBI hires yeah, her she, to she's come contracted with them yes and she is specifically really good with stuff that's like philosophy and like really really gruesome crimes they call her too so there is a hunt there's a serial killer she goes to hollow's row and there's a serial killer that basically like um okay little trigger warning for people if you don't like murder then skip this part um she like walks into this field and 30 pairs of eyes have been sewn to a tree someone like took eyes from 30 people and sewed them onto the trunk of a tree like crazy stuff sewing 30 people's ears like very ritualistic different plants like very weird very creepy so she's like well shit i gotta (laughs) break callum out and ask him for help because he's he's like the best at this and i need the best in order to catch this killer um anyway so she hires him and yeah and so basically what ends up happening don't spoil it I, like, don't, I know the ending i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil <gasps> it i don't even know if the ending that i told you is actually the ending i like i don't know if like isn't over well because what trisha trisha said in an interview was the whole point was to confuse everybody 
so that they would keep reading the books. Like the whole point was to confuse. She's like, I'll hear, I'll hear people come up to me and be like, this is what I think happened. And that's not at all what happened. Like everyone comes up with their own, like the lines in this, like, I don't even know how to explain to you how confusing this book is in the best way, in the no, best no, way. I it's... remember you calling me and telling me what happened. Okay. And then you called me two hours later and you're like, that didn't happen. I was wrong. This actually happened. Like, it was like, I think. I know. And then, no, it was literally the next time we recorded, you're like, I have no idea, Andy. Like, I thought this happened. It th I don't know. I don't even know anymore. I, like, literally have no that idea. That book broke you. So, basically, I'll, I'll say this as vaguely as possible. The whole time, you think one thing is happening. But in the end, you're led to believe that something completely opposite was happening but you have no confirmation but you also kind of think that that was maybe set up and also her and callum this is an enemies to lovers romance her and callum end up having their little freaky thing and it's really dark and it's scary sometimes and really confusing but, but so good i want to read you a few quotes because yes, please do I think it'll help explain you guys need to hear these and it, and it will like kind of give you a visual of what I was reading where I was like, what the hell? Um, I love it. It's the lovely bad things that steal into our thoughts in the middle of the night and tempt us across the line between good and evil. These torturously beautiful sins that provide our deepest, most deviant desires. It feeds us in the dark, stroking a frail flame into an inferno that can no longer resist. She is my flame, and I am all about pleading for my muse to burn me alive. The alchemy of souls is transforming pain into creative gen genius. Which, she could have said that so much easier. Like, it's very pretty. The whole point of our life is to take pain and create beauty from it. Like, if you think about artists, they a lot of times use their pain mm -hmm. and their, like, absolutely to create beautiful things. She just uses really flowery language, which I love. Like, to each their own. More power to you, sis. But, I don't know. To be to be revered, first, you go stark, raving mad. And then you exit this world in a place. That's, okay, I actually really like the way her words flow. Normally, I don't feel like I enjoy flowery language because it can be confusing. But the way she does it is very captivating. Like it, some of her it draws lines you in. are confusing, but here's what happens. The first like six chapters of the book, you're like, I have, this is the most compelling thing I've ever read. And then she sneaks in more of this philosophy shit. Anyways, here's another one. Behavior is not just observed within the person. It is observed in the echo of their actions in the delivery of their violence. Dang. If you can't trust your own mind, then what can you trust? Judas. Wit um Yeah, it just is like ugh. good and evil do not inherently exist within matter. It is the person, the consciousness who decides whether or not a deed will serve as either. Which the idea of that, I actually read that in a book recently. Similar, but, like, written a little bit less mm -hmm. beautifully. Um, that, like, essentially, you decide what 
is like good and what is evil like yeah you do nobody like nobody can truly tell you that like if you feel good about it then so this is if you've heard of sophie lark there are no saints um the main character says something really similar he's like if if like you i don't know like if you are making a decision you just have to like kind of give up what the world says is good and what is evil because basically they're trying to say that like it's a social construct that certain things are bad it is. and certain it's things social are good norms. it's what you've been embedding the morals yeah. and all of that like what's truly evil in our society could not be truly evil in others like yeah because it's about, so here's another dark one. I'll just quickly touch on this one. Sophie Lark wrote, There Are No Saints. There's a second book, There Is No Devil. It's about two artists who cross paths and end up falling in love. Anyways, um, it was so good. I could not put it down. I love Sophie Lark's way of writing. I think she's so smart. Yeah. And her book was so clever. There's these two famous male artists that are serial killers and they basically are like fighting over this one young female artist. And it's this like shit show of trying to get this serial killer caught because he's just like a crazy serial killer where this serial killer, who's like the main male character in the book. He's like, he's yes, like methodical he's... with how he kills people. And methodical in, indeed in the way that he physically does it and his reason. So like his first kill was his uncle, his dad died and his uncle was a psycho and his uncle was trying to kill him. So he killed his uncle so that he wouldn't be killed. Yeah. So like self-defense. self-defense. The second one was he has this lady who works for him. Well, this was an, I don't know if this is an order, this lady who works for him and her husband, ex-husband, was a piece of shit. He's abusive. He's crazy. He's, like, threatening her all the time. They have a kid together. He's, like, taking her in these crazy custody battles. He's making up all these lies about her. And what he, what this guy, the main character, says on the outside is, like, well, my, my assistant couldn't do her job properly so i had to handle the problem mm -hmm. but really what it is deep down is that he cares about his secretary and wanted her to have her son with her yeah. and wanted her to have a happy life and this guy was crazy and abusive and horrible and threatening her so he got him super drunk and he parked his car in his garage and he shut the door and it looked like a suicide it looked like yeah, he didn't he's even very do it. smart so he's about super it methodical but he, he, everyone that he's killed, there's been a purpose An or reason. reason. There's not, it's not just like the closest body to him and he just has the urge to kill. And like the first kill you hear about, you're like, did that have a reason? He basically kills this guy and he uses his bones in this art installation that he does and then holds an art show for everyone to come see this art installation. And people can't really like, they look like they were just, they're dipped in gold and they're like put in this way where like you might not even be able to really tell that they are bones. Anyways, it's, it's crazy. But it, they said the same thing. Like 
right and wrong is just a social construct. Like you get to decide what you think is right and wrong. Because at the end of the book, you're like, is what he did right or wrong? It's just like Zade Meadows. Yep. Is what he did right or wrong? I know. It's it's, it's like that whole inside yourself. Gray area, but not gray area. It's it's the gray area, hundred percent. Actually, it's all the gray area. It is. It's like he kills, but he saves. But he kills. Like Joss was so involved in this book. So, like she said, we ran a half marathon. We were both dead tired. It's thirteen, almost thirteen and a half miles. And we shower, and I pop over to look at her before she's fallen asleep, and she is literally just sitting there with her Kindle, popping through it, trying to stay awake reading it, even while she was so Y'all. tired, because it was that good. They're easy, too. If I remember correctly, they both only have, like, I they both only have, like, a few hundred pages. Yeah. So, number one, There Are No Saints, is only 378. Oh, shoot. That and would then, be, like, quick on a Kindle. Yeah. And there is no... um devil is 376 oh those are really easy yeah i'll have to add those i'll probably now that i'm i have a different workout schedule and i like stay up late i'll definitely have to go through those i don't have a different workout schedule and i still stay up late i do just because it's cold in the morning and my workout schedule is running so i like running in the cold i do too but not when it's like dark until like 8 p.m. 8 in the morning yeah here around like 7 30 it's you're okay to run outside it's pretty so, late yeah. I also have a friend I run with that helps it's a little safer yeah, I run around the afternoon with Tyler like once he gets off work he comes in with Ray and then I just go do like a quick run hell yeah so hell yeah me and ryan are gonna possibly get me a little gym membership like one of the ten dollar vasa memberships oh, perfect so that i can use their pool oh that'd be so nice so we can start swimming be good for your because joints. i want to do a triathlon okay listen people of the pod you can hear this too but maybe i'll cut it out if like it's too long <laughs> andy because i'm really excited so Obviously, you know I'm running the 10K on Thanksgiving. I'm running the half marathon June 1st mm-hmm. here in Utah Valley, right? Orem. Yes. But I decided to make like a five-year goal of things that I would like to accomplish. I grew up a swimmer. Um, a pretty good She was one. a very – okay, no. She was a very good – She was an all-American. Don't be modest. She was very, very good at swimming. I'm super good at it. Anyways, I'm a fish out of it. So, um, oh, I'm a water sign. That explains a lot, actually. I think I'm an air sign. Or am I a fire? I can't remember. I think Gemini's air. I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyways, so water sign. So I swam a lot in high school. And every ex- – I started swimming competitively when I was eight. I joined my first swim team. Um, and so from the time I was a small child, almost all of my exercise was geared, not, not almost literally all of my exercise was geared towards races. So it was geared towards I'm exercising so that I can get better for this race. Mm -hmm. I'm exercising so I can be faster for this race. And I have never had to work out just in a way where there was nothing to work to. Yeah. So for some people, they're like, I'm working towards being fit. I'm working towards losing weight which obviously sorry excuse me at this point in my life I do feel that you way you want to be healthy you want to be strong yes and 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 yes but I also am not like 
fully motivated by that. Mm-hmm. I like a challenge. You're so competitive. I made a five-year goal for myself, like a list of things that I would like to do in the next five years. You're gonna, you're about to look at me like I'm. Are nuts. you doing? Please don't I, say marathon. No, I was like, no, no, please no. don't. Mm-mm. No, but one of them could possibly be worse. Ooh, really? Okay, so I want to do a a triathlon really I badly. Um, I would like to keep doing 5Ks and 10Ks, and my goals for those are mostly just times. Yeah. I would like to wi- like get one of the top three places in a 5K or 10K. You can do it. Um, I'm just going to start doing tiny ones in little cities around here where there's like five girls my age. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, my last, my first 5K I ever did, I ran it, my first 5K, it was the first time in my life I had ever run that far. It was in July. It took me like 31 minutes, I think, to run, which now I think about that and I'm like, that's easy. I could do that. That's like a... I think we ran our 5K in like 20, and that's when we were pacing for 13 miles though. We ran it in like 28 minutes. yeah. So that's us pacing ourselves yeah. to slow down. Well, the other day when I was doing sprints, I was running my one-minute sprints at 5K mm-hmm. um, pace, and I was running them in eight minutes. So it. if you think about it that way, that's a that's a 24-minute 5K. So anyways, but I, I ran it in 31 minutes, and at this 5K I did, I got sixth place. So I'm like, next year, if I just run it... Oh, you'll kill it. And it's based on age group. You'll kill it. So I'm like, if I just run it like a little bit faster for my age group, I got this. So um, basically, my goal for the next five years, so I'm going to... I want to do a triathlon. I want to do this other half marathon. I want to run the St. George half again. That was so fun. I want to place in like a 5K or 10K. Um, I There is a half marathon in Oregon called the run with giants and it's through the redwood forest. I want to do that half marathon so bad. Um, this is where it gets a little, I want to do a sprint, um, triathlon. I also want to do an Olympic triathlon, which I feel like those freak people out when they hear them. Neither of those are very far. Like those are not the, when you get to like a crazy triathlon the speed, you're getting are like probably the hardest parts. Like it's hard in general, but yeah. the transition in the triathlon I've heard is like the but hardest. The length of time, yes. But the the crazy part about like if you want to do a really long triathlon, you're looking at an Ironman, which I don't really have a desire at this point to do it in Ironman because that's like that's a lot. A half Ironman, you run a you run a half marathon at the end of it. Yeah, I know. No, thanks. Now, what I do, what I would like to do, and this is where you're going to say I'm crazy, and something that I saw that I was just like, I feel compelled to do that. And I'm not saying I need to do it tomorrow or or even in the next year. I want to do it sometime in the next five years. I want to do the STP, which I I kind of just want you to Google it. I just want you to Google it. Good Lord. STP race. You're joking, right? No, I'm being serious. It's a bike from Seattle to Portland. It's 204 miles. Okay, you're crazy. 
I would just, how cool would that be to say that I did that? To be like, I biked 200 miles. That would actually, it takes you a whole day, uh, a whole day of biking. That's actually really cool. I'm like reading about it right now. Isn't that cool? Last year, only 5,000 people did it. It says up to 8,000 people. Yeah. Costs for bus and bike. Oh, so they provide the bike. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Overnight. Rider only trans. Oh, you can bring your own bike. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's really cool, though. I love bike riding. And, like, you'd have to really train for that. That would take a lot of training, but I... Get a Peloton. Or Peloton. However you say it. I, um... I think it's Just cool. want to do it. I think it would be cool to say that I did it. I also... This is, like, very loosely on... This is, like, written in pencil on my five-year plan, and I'll erase it later <laughs> if I decide I don't want to do it. But I do think it would be cool if I got badass enough one day to do a half iron man i do think that would be really I cool i truly think you but, could and that could even be in your 10-year plan because you're only going to get stronger what is an iron i know okay what is a half iron man again how many miles of swimming i think it's over a mile of swimming and i'm gonna look it up right now which i can do that that's easy all right how much biking though oh gosh please stop I have, like, all these cookie settings. Decline. I have to, like... Distances. There you go. So, swimming is 1.2 miles. Cycling is 56 miles. And running is 13.1, so half marathon. So that's the half iron. I think I can do it. <laughs> that's the half iron man. And you start swimming, you bike, and then you run, which is good because that's better for your joints at that point. I really think I could do I'm it. I'm looking at you. Is that false confidence? No. I'm not saying today. Let's see. Average age groupers. 74. Holy crap. People are insane. What the heck? How are you people human? I also would love to do a Spartan race. I think those are dope. I've heard of people the doing those. Courses. Well, and it's also a lot of like, it's not just the race. Like you have to depend on people. Like you have to have help to get through those. Me and my, me and Ryan's family have been chatting about possibly doing a Ragnar race I've together. Heard those are really fun. Which would be super fun. Everyone runs like basically a half marathon. Yeah. You like and you take turns and shifts. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to run all thirteen miles at once. You can run like six and like then run six even later. Harder, Cause like I know I would be like, Can I just like run the whole time? And can I get the thirteen miles just out of the way and then you guys can do the rest? Yeah, like that's I think like that's like gonna be the hardest part. But you know, people who do these spark I'm like looking at it now are like crazy. I've had a lot of friends who just love doing them. They're like it's just like the environment, kind of like when we were at the half marathon, like the environment of just like the energy with all the people around. Also, like I just I just train better when I have like something I'm training for. Which makes sense. And I just I just know that like 
I mean, literally as of the end of June, literally I looked it up. The last week of June was my first run I did and I couldn't even run a mile. And I, in July, July 24th, Pioneer Day here in Utah was my first 5k. That was the first time I had ever run three miles in my life ever. And you did really well. And in September or in October, I ran 13. So I'm like, you know what? If, if I say that I want to do it and I do the training for it, I believe that I can. Well, that's the thing is like the training for it's like all of it. Like if you, you can do anything, if you put your mind to it and you work hard enough. Yeah. Plus now I feel like since I've run this triathlon or this half, like, like my running training will assist in my bike riding training in 100%. my, like now all of my trainings are all like interlocking with each other. So if I'm like training for a triathlon or let's say I decide to do an Ironman, I'm also training for my super long bike race. I'm also training for like, I'm well, training for all of these good for your body. Yeah. So, yep. I, so that's like my goals over the next few years. We'll see if I actually end up doing them or if they change who the freak knows. I think it's great, but that's just what I want to do now. Don't do that. In Iron Man, I would feel like if I did a half Iron Man, no one could tell. I would be the baddest bitch. Seriously, though. Like, imagine Ryan being like, oh, like one of his buddies being like, oh, want to hang out that weekend? Oh, I can't. I'm going to watch my wife do a half Iron Man. (laughs) Swole. She's going to swim. She's going to swim a mile. And here's the thing, too. My entire life, my family's all filled with tall people. Mm-hmm. It's true. Everyone's super tall. I have always been the shrimpy one. I have always been underestimated because of my size. But I... They're very, very I was always shorter then. than all the other girls swimmers. I was always shorter than all the girls swimmers that were, like, at the same level as me. I have freaky long arms. That's the trick. But anyways... I was always smaller than them, shorter than them, not as buff as them. Like, I mean, you've seen you've seen my transformation. Yes, I've gotten more muscular, but mainly I've just like like my legs and now I see pictures of my legs and I'm like they're twigs. Like I don't know, I just I'm not like outwardly super muscular. Yeah. Am I making no, any you sense? No, you are. So your body isn't like the way your body is built. Cause like you have very, very long legs and very long arms and a yeah. short torso. And so you have very yeah. lean muscular structure. And so you gain muscle, but it's not like you're like bulked <gasps> out. Like you are very toned, lean muscle. And like, I'm fine with that. But again, it, I feel like it makes people underestimate me. Good, like, let them like, underestimate oh. you. It makes it all the better when you so, beat them. I would just be so stoked to be at this. Like, when I tell people that I was in the military, they're like, what? And then when I follow up with, yeah, and I was a cop, they're like, what the hell? Which, when you get to know me, it, isn't that no, the perfect seriously, job Seriously, when me? I, like, because, like, I knew you were in it just because of, like, acquaintance and stuff, and stuff you would post on, like, social media before we became, like, really, really good friends besties but um but after i like met you and got to know you more and i was like oh yeah that's just it checks out 100 percent it checks. tracks out. it tracks 
Yeah, so I I just feel like I just like love the idea of like getting up to that starting line of the Iron Man, half Iron Man or whatever, or the 200 mile bike or whatever else. And for people to be like, write her off. She can't do it. And me to be like, watch me, bitch. And I'm going to do it faster than you are going to do it. Because here's the thing. I know that I'm a very proficient swimmer. I know that I have a lot of endurance when it comes to swimming. I know that I am really good with the technique of swimming. I swim in a way that is perfected because I've, I've spent half my life in water. More than half my life in water. So I'm like, I know how to swim really well. So if I can just pull ahead of people in the swim, I'm like, literally, and my goal for everything generally is just to finish it. Once I've done it once, like obviously my next half, I want to do it faster. I want to be faster. I want to run it in like one day. I'm manifesting this. One day I would absolutely poop myself if i could run one in under two hours seriously that's like because like depending on time and stuff i will either be running my next half um beginning of may or i'll be coming to the one in utah with you hello <laughs> and so that would be fun. uh but at that point i would just like because like first when we ran together just for moral support like it's both of us just trying to beat our times at that point and just go for it and so that's what I want to try to do for this next one, whatever I do. It's just, I just want to beat my time and give it everything I've got as opposed to like just trying to finish and not die because I just had pneumonia. <laughs> so. Yeah, honestly, that I tell people that all the time. I'm like, dude, Andy straight up had pneumonia like the week before. So we just did our absolute best. I'm like, also, I feel like there are things we weren't prepared for. We didn't stretch at all. We didn't warm up at all. I'm like, there are so many things I would do differently. Mm -hmm. That first, I, I just think about those like first glorious six miles. And here's what's crazy. And maybe you feel differently. People keep asking me like, oh, was it so hard during it? I'm like the last like two miles, mile, like two miles. Were when pretty our difficult. But before up, that, that was like when it was hard. Yeah. But before that, I don't really remember it being that hard. I remember running past you probably I hope you remember this because I tell people this story. I remember running past the six mile thing and tapping you and being like, Did that say six miles? And I was like, Yeah. And you were like, Yeah. And I was like, I thought the last one said five K. Mm-hmm. I legit thought we'd only run three miles. Because we were plowing. And we ran six. Because we stopped at mile two to drink water. I had to fix my bra. bra, tie your shoe. And then I had to use my inhaler for my lungs. And then we plowed all the way till mile six. Like we stopped and took a drink. And then we kept going. Mile six, you looked at me and you were like, you're a little blue. We need you to take a puff of this inhaler. Breathe. Because I just kept, like, singing and, like, all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden I was like, my arms are numb. I know. There is no oxygen in my arms or legs. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm, that's the normals. Not, not one bit. Sorry, it was Tyler texting me. And that's when I stole Andy's. Well, you also have exercise-induced asthma and didn't have an inhaler. So. True. But no, and that's the thing is like, 
we'll be able to like I'm gonna start training in January regardless just in case I end up doing the one in May depending on how things go and I'm just gonna kind of I'm only gonna run three times a week now and just have them be very easy runs to keep my cardio up and then do strength training on the side so oh yeah I'm training with my friend for her 5k and I have a 10k you have a 10k coming up in a few weeks So I'm like, might as well train for your 5K and then do my 10K. I'm actually going to sign up for it tonight. Okay. I need, we we need to wrap up because my husband man needs to set up for work. Well, love you endlessly. And um, thank you for sticking with us, even though we've been, you know, MIA. We hope you enjoyed these recommendations. And we will see you guys. Next week, when we have our fourth wing, two fourth wing episodes. Don't forget, one is just a recap. Two theories. Theories. So it'll be super Mm -hmm. fun. Love you guys. Sorry, Andy. Your turn. No, you're good. I just tapped this on accident. But no, basically, we don't know what we're doing after that, and you'll find out as we go. Yeah, it will be. It will be maybe me related. Maybe. Because at that point, it should be... Yeah, because your birthday's the 18th, right? 18th? Yeah. So, we'll figure it out. We'll do something fun. It'll be so fun. I'm so excited. Anyways, well... Love you, pod people. <laughs> Diddle those digits. Share this episode so people know we're back from the dead. Diddle those digits. Keeping awesome. We love you guys so much. And we hope that your seasonal depression is good and not too bad and that you like cold weather and rain and that you're not like sad about I it reverse seasonal depression and so this is my time get me too wheel. me too <laughs> fall, fall and winter were made for me i get to s- spring and i'm like spring and summer are not my vibe sorry y'all no no summer the whole time i feel like i have something going on with me anyways i'm gonna stop talking now love you Bye.